you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you would, please open your Bibles to 2 Peter. 2 Peter, chapter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these, he has given us very great and precious promises, so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be richly provided for you. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you now have. I think it is right, as long as I am in this bodily tent, to wake you up with a reminder, since I know that I will soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus has indeed made clear to me. And I will also make every effort so that you are able to recall these things at any time after my departure. For we did not follow cleverly contrived myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased." We ourselves heard this voice when it came from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. We also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed 
and you will do well to pay attention to it, is to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you know this, no prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation. Because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Believe it or not, there are scholars, and I put that in air quotes, there are scholars who try to suggest that uh, this, this epistle wasn't really written by Peter. Um, it, it was written by Peter. What would be the motivation for suggesting that it wasn't? Well, there are folks who basically make their living trying to persuade other people not to believe God's word. And I know who they work for. It's a snake, a serpent, whose first recorded words in Scripture are, did God really say that? And of course, that wasn't what God had said. And Eve got into a dialogue with him, and it didn't end well. Satan has always been trying to get people to wrestle with and question whether or not you can believe what God says. I am here as a child of God and as a servant of the Lord to proclaim to you exactly what this is talking about, and that is God is the one who gave us his word. And Peter not only takes credit for having written this letter, but he describes one of the things that he uniquely was qualified to say. He says, we were there on the mountain when God spoke and said, this is my beloved son. He says, we witnessed his glory and we heard. Not only that, but we have the scriptures powerfully confirmed in him. And he says, and concerning scripture, you need to know this above all. No prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Well, now some people respond and they say, you know, this is a circular argument. You're saying it's the Word of God because it says it's the Word of God. And therefore, because it says it's the Word of God, it must be the Word of God. Uh, It's not just that. We've emphasized over and over and over and over that there's a relationship that God brings about by his Holy Spirit. I got an email recently that said it was from a pastor friend of mine in another city, and he was texting me and and asking me if I I would please uh, help someone else who needed some money. Okay, That's not something my friend would do. Okay, my friend has money, and he has more money than I have. And so if he wanted to help somebody, he would just help them. He wouldn't contact me and ask me to help them. But this person was impersonating him via cell phone. Now, how did I know that that wasn't from my friend? Because I know my friend. I know my friend. 
I know God's word. In large measure because I know God. But there is a certain circular logic because I've got to be honest, to a great extent, I know God because I know his word. The more you spend time with him, the more you begin to recognize the sound of his voice as you read these pages. If you want to know what God says, read his word. He'll speak to you. And you say, well, how can I know that it's him? Well, ask him. Jesus said something wonderful, and that is if one of you earthly fathers has your child ask you for a fish, are you going to give him a serpent? If he asks you for some bread, are you going to give him a stone? If you cry out to the God of the universe, I want to know you, he'll make himself known to you. Our problem is not that God is hiding. Our problem is that we're trying to hide. God comes saying, Adam, man, where are you? And we're over crouching in the bushes with some fig leaves, hoping that the God who sees all and knows all will not be able to figure out what we've been up to. God loves you. He proved his love by sending Jesus to save you. Don't run from him. Run to him. Cry out to him. Ask him, Lord, please open my eyes to see the truth. Help me to know what's real and what's not. Help me to know what's true and what's false. Help me to know what's right and what's wrong because I want to do what's right. He'll do it. He'll guide you. He will guide you. But you've got to be ready to do whatever he says. Now, this letter by Simon Peter is the word of God. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. To those who have received a faith equal to ours. Well, I, I guess this isn't to me then because, uh, you know, I, don't, I certainly don't think my faith is equal to that of the apostle. You don't understand what he's saying. What he's saying is, don't think that somehow these people we read about in the Bible, God loved them in a special way. God loves you in a special way. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus. That's why I'm begging you to trust him. He's trustworthy. If you think, oh, well, you know, uh, he may have a good plan for those people and those people, but I, I'm, I'm afraid that he doesn't have a good plan for me. He's got a good plan for you. Romans 12 says, offer your body to him as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is intelligent worship. And you know what will happen when you do? You will demonstrate in your own life that God's will for you is good and acceptable and perfect. Perfect. His will for you is perfect. You can't get better than perfect. To those who have received a faith equal to ours, through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, God says, I pay the bill. God will pay the bills if you do what he says. 
You don't have to worry about, well, how, how is this all going to happen? I don't know. I just know God will take care of it. He always does. He always does. He'll take care of you. Don't be afraid that, well, if I, if I do the will of God, it might all blow up in my face. Well, if it does, it's because God has something better. Don't be afraid. To those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the basis on which we receive all this blessing that God has in store for his children. It's paid for by Jesus. It's through his righteousness. He is our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And then it begins to describe what God has done. His divine power has given us, past tense, it's already happened, it's already yours. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. In other words, salvation is all of God. And he's already, in Christ Jesus, given us everything that we need in order to live a life that is pleasing to him. Well, you know, I'd like to live a Christian life, but I just don't know that I have the energy. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides in every Christian. Not just some Christians. If you are genuinely born again, God himself is living in you. You just need to learn to depend on him instead of trying to do everything in your own strength. When I was a teenager, the joke, as, as some in the church were discovering the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit, the joke was about a guy who came down out of the, out of the mountains, went to the hardware store, and saw something he'd never seen before. It was a chainsaw. And the sign said, you can cut ten times as much wood in a day with this chainsaw as you can with a cross-cut saw. Well, the guy says, i got to get me one of those. So he bought a chainsaw and he took it back up the mountain. He came back after a couple of weeks and he was furious. And he slammed the thing up on the counter and he said, this thing's a piece of junk. He said, I couldn't even cut as much wood with this thing as I do with my cross-cut saw. I want my money back. And the guy who ran the store said, well, I'm so sorry, sir. Let me see what the matter is. And he took hold of the little pole cord and went like this. And the engine went, Whoom! And the man jumped back and said, what's that noise? If you took a chainsaw and didn't know about the engine and tried to just take that blade and go back and forth on wood, you couldn't cut much at all. But that's the way a lot of people try and live the Christian life. They think they're supposed to do it in their own power. They're just going to have to try harder. It's white-knuckle obedience. I'm gripping this thing as tight as I can. I'm just going to try. You can't live the Christian life like that, but you can live the Christian life because his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. 
It's all about him. It's his power. That is how we live the Christian life. By these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature. Think about that phrase. Through God's promises, you can share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. I get to share in the divine nature of God? Yes. Whose idea was that? God's. You know what Satan said when he tempted our first parents? The reason God told you not to eat the fruit of that tree is he knows if you eat that fruit, you'll be like him. Satan lied about God and tried to get our ancestors to believe that God was holding out on us. Didn't want to share his nature with us. That's a lie straight out of the pit of hell. God not only desires to share his nature with his creation, but when we sinned against him, totally blew it and deserved nothing but destruction, God became one of us and paid the penalty for our sin so that we could share in his divine nature. So that we could become one spirit with the Lord. So that we could spend forever in the Father's house as part of his family, as dearly loved children. Don't let the devil keep tripping you up by suggesting that God's holding out on you. God doesn't really love you. God's going to mess you up. You better not trust him. You better not do what God says. If you do what God says, you're going to be sorry. He's a liar and the father of lies. Don't listen to him. Don't believe him. He's trying to trick you. Don't let him get away with it. God has provided great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. Corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. You know, the important thing, children, is just be true to yourself and, and follow your own heart. Just, just do what comes naturally to you. Excuse me? What if your heart is headed over a cliff? Okay? I think it's time to pull that thing back. <laughs> Say, wait a minute. I was on a television broadcast in Atlanta, and one of the guys who was on the show with me, he was on before I was, uh, I didn't know who he was. I'd never heard of him before. They, they announced the name. And, and he was late getting there, so I didn't get to meet him ahead of time. And when he walked in, I looked at him and I thought, what in the world is he doing here? For one thing, he had a huge bandage around his head. But secondly, I'm just going to be honest, he was very overweight. Okay. It'd be okay if he heard you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you why. The reason he had the bandage around the head was because he was in a car wreck two days before the broadcast and almost killed. 
and had ended up with 13 staples in his head. And he certainly gave praise to God for having spared his life. Um, but that doesn't explain the weight situation. It turns out the reason that he was going to be interviewed on the show was precisely because of the weight situation. He has a Facebook page where he is chronicling his weight situation. And he's not on this Facebook page talking about how much he's gained. He's helping people see that it is possible to overcome your problems through the power of the Lord. This guy apparently has lost 205 pounds in less than a year. Wow, God bless him. I, my hat is off. We shook hands after the broadcast was over, and I just I think it's tremendous that he's seeking to honor the Lord by saying no to evil desires. What, what would be an evil desire related to weight loss? Well, one of his expressions is, say no to Krispy Kreme and yes to the green. He says, you got to eat veggies, eat vegetables, eat vegetables, eat vegetables, stop eating donuts. Okay? Pastor Wood, are you saying donuts are evil? They are if you weigh over 500 pounds. You understand? Don't just do whatever you desire because you have to check your desires and see if they're godly or not. And some of our desires are evil, fleshly desires from our old sin nature, and we need to say, uh-uh, you don't control me. God the Holy Spirit is going to be the one who controls me, and I want to do his will. For this reason, verse 5, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. It's quite a list. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're going to have to come back and look at that another time. But I want you to understand something. Salvation is entirely of God. But that's what it looks like. God is the one who saves us. God is the one who provides our righteousness. God is the one who provides the resurrection power that enables us to say no to sin. But if you belong to Jesus, you learn to say no to sin. If you belong to Jesus... He is changing you from the inside out, and you desire new things. You desire to please Him. You desire to serve Him. You desire to honor Him. If those aren't more and more the desires of your heart, you need to go back and see if you ever really trusted Jesus. Because there are a lot of people who think they did, but all they did was ask can I please be forgiven because I'd like to keep on living like the devil? That is not salvation. That is cheap grace. And it has no promise of eternal life in the Word of God. 
Abiding in Christ with Pastor Jim Wood is listener-supported. If you would like to help, please get a pen and paper so that I can give you our contact information. You can make a difference in the lives of those who hear this message and the lives of children at Wears Valley Ranch. We are grateful for gifts of any amount. Please visit us online at wvr.org. That's wvr.org. Or send in a donation to Wears Valley Ranch at 100 One Fine Place, Sevierville, Tennessee, 37862. That's Wears Valley Ranch at 100 One Fine Place, Sevierville, Tennessee, 37862. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.